0: And welcome back to another episode of the Devil's Cardigan podcast. In this episode, we're following up with Justine Barrow again, but this time after she won the 2023 Oz Cycling Gravel National Championship race in sunny Derby, which turned out to be a cracking day considering the biblical amount of rain that we got preceding the event when we had our initial chat with Justine. But it was a fantastic day with some great racing out there by by all, and uh, we've also got a little bit of feedback at the end of the chat conversation we've just seen from a couple of riders that I'll read and we'll listen to. So stick around for that at the end. But please enjoy this conversation with Justine, who was gracious enough to give us some time before Crusher and Natasha in Beaver Utah. Enjoy. Thanks for uh, joining us this uh, afternoon in Beaver, Utah, Friday morning in Tasmania. Justine Barrow, the 2023 Oz Cycling Gravel National Female Champion. How does it feel? Uh,
1: thanks for having me. And yes, it feels awesome. Um, I get to line up um, Saturday morning. So, tomorrow, your time, uh, first time sporting the jersey in a race. So, that will be pretty special.
0: How's it felt over the last thirteen days with everything that you did to put yourself in a position, you know, to put yourself into contention, and then to come out the other side victorious? How's it felt over the last thirteen days? Just reflecting on it, has it has it hit that you're real? Like it's all real, or will that come tomorrow when you line up on the start line?
1: Yeah, I think it, it's um, definitely real, but I have had a lot. Going on um, in the last 13 days of packing back up to head over to the United States again to yeah live and race here for the next three or four months. So um, it was a pretty busy. It's been a pretty busy time in the um, last week or so.
0: Absolutely. Did you have a chance to feel, to celebrate with the team and with Andrew before you left, or was it just <laughs> hectic?
1: Uh, yes, the, so the, the Saturday night in um in Derby, we uh, got to hang out with the team and and my husband, so that yeah, a little bit of celebration then, um and then sort of took a uh, nice easy day uh, the next day catching up with my parents in Launceston.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. How does it feel to be crowned the champion?
1: Um, as I said, yeah, I think it, it, it's pretty special and it made the, um, trip back from the U S worthwhile. Uh, I like many people hate that long tra- haul travel. So, um, yeah, two, two of those flights in a short period of time, made it worth it.
0: Fantastic. Can you take us through the race a bit and describe some of the key moments that led to you crossing the line first?
1: Oh, uh, well, you know, all in the lead up, you'd been trying to uh, get us to expect some horrible Tassie weather. And I think it'd been, it'd been pretty damn wet and cold um, in, in the week leading up, too. But morning of, I wouldn't say it was balmy, but um, the weather gods did uh, uh, look at, uh, down upon us nicely. So it wasn't too cold. Rain held off. Uh, um, yeah, what to what to wear was a big choice because you knew it was going <laughs> to warm up and um, didn't want to overheat, but didn't want to be too cold at the the start. A uh, solid pace was um, set off uh, in the first few kilometers in the women's race, and then as soon as the road goes up, um, I start to be in my happy place. Uh, so. Again, set a solid tempo up there and um, looked around and nobody was um, following me on that first climb.
0: Well, that was the first point where um, where I caught you on course, where you were just at the start of that first KOM, you were starting to pull the brake. And I was thinking, oh, could this be it? Could this be how it is for the rest of the day? And then the next a bit further up after the first KOM on Mount Paris Dam Road, I think it was Charlotte and Cassia, I believe. They were... Courtney they were, and Cassia. Courtney, let's, sorry, sorry. Let's, say.
1: Go back. Uh, let's go back to what you just said of when you just passed me at the top of the first QOM. And I, um, I looked back a few times and there was nobody inside. And then I asked, how far are they back? I think you said like 50 meters or something.
0: <laughs> I um, know. So, I felt when yeah. you asked that question, there was a split <laughs> second in my mind. I was like, why
1: not? Uh, so I don't though, want to
0: give you the answer because um, they're right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, Cassio and Courtney um, uh, came together and caught me at sort of the flat section. Um, Uh, at the top of that first QOM and then uh, into the descent. um, Dead Horse Hill Descent. uh, She took off. Um, And my, um, so yeah, firstly, kudos to her um, her skill in um, descending, which is all part of uh, racing and gravel racing. Uh, But I had a strategy going into it that I was going to be, uh, very conservative on the descents. Uh, I suppose I backed my climbing ability to, um, a certain extent and I wasn't going to win the race on, um, descending, but I could certainly, um, lose it. And particularly, as I said, I'd got a puncher within three kilometres of last year's Gravel National. So I was also conservative um because of that and with equipment choices as well
0: absolutely i think what you've just summed up the best way to approach the cardigan just to uh put a little bit of a have a little bit of an insurance policy because there's so many spots there where you can make up time and work to your strength but if you have the sake of just toning it back that tiny little bit yeah it's uh that's exactly what that course can be unforgiving like that and with the second kom qam climb up brow falls coming yeah very very wise strategy there and was that where you pulled away from the leading group because you were there yeah. to start with peter um kathia and courtney and that's you just started to watch well, that's the view i had from the motorbike just watching you for just slowly creep apart and again at the top the gaps were probably set for the rest of the day, really, to a degree?
1: No. <laughs> I'm not quite. Uh, yeah. So I, um, pulled away from the other three, uh, completely halfway up. And I think I might've had a couple of minutes lead by the top of the QOM, but again, um, took the descent conservatively, got to the, um, the big sinkhole and it was crossing that and heard a female voice behind me um, and <laughs> assumed that it was um, Cassia who had remained the longest with me um, up the climb. Next uh, time I turned around, I didn't see anyone and thought, oh, I must've, that must have been an official. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and, I uh, turned onto that lovely headwind um, section and at this stage, uh, Peter Mullins, I had used her awesome technical skills and was not far behind me and I wasn't really aware of her presence <laughs> and until um, uh, she actually caught me just before Ringaruma and I was uh, both excited and uh, because I was excited because it was great to see a teammate um, coming into first or second position and yeah, was really sort of proud um, of how she, yeah, how she was riding considering she had been riding herself off pre-race. Um, but thinking hard is also, I think we only had 10, 15 kilometres to go and I knew that quite a technical um, component was coming up and yeah, every, uh, uh, would rate Peter uh, quite a bit better uh, technically and definitely wouldn't want to sprint against her.
0: That's a great point about Peter's technical ability because as we on the motorbike crossed up over the top of the second, um, major climb across the top there, Peter was in fourth position in the elite female race and we on the motorbike tried to boost ahead and find a good gap in between riders to try and get down that next descent ascent so that we were ahead and not going to be in anyone's way. And as we're getting towards the bottom there in that roughish section, I looked over my shoulder. I was constantly checking, keeping an eye out on any riders catching us. And out of nowhere, here comes Peter just bombing down, mad MTB skills in full display, just flew past us like we were standing still. And it's just like you've just clocked. Taken and then um, yeah, Courtney and Kathy not too far behind, but the gap that she had closed and then made on that descent from there yeah, was incredible. And then we were in a position to sort of see from behind at the sinkhole when you came through in the lead, and then Peter came through and going up that final climb to Mount Albert Road up the unnamed climb of Hell. That's quite incredible that you were unaware of her presence because she was had you in. In sight, like there were sections where she would have had you in a, in a line of sights for a, for a while there, and just being able to, yeah, just keep keep that gap all the way. I wonder if that was a, a, probably a good thing, not knowing that she was essentially pretty close behind um, for that for that yeah across the top, the false flat across the top, and all the way to Ringarooma. Um, it was a a great ride by Peter, and it shows a great ride by yourself to to hold off that gap and, and stay out the at the front.
1: Yep. Um, so yeah, when I was caught at Ringaruma, I thought that was the race done, uh, um, Thought I was coming second <laughs> and, uh, uh, would be, uh, pleased to see Peter win, but I was, <laughs> I, I didn't come, um, from the U S to come second.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. What was, um, where did you regain the lead and put a, a bit of time in between Peter again, between Ringaruma and, uh, the finish?
1: Uh, So there is another short little uh, climb but as I said it was technical and well then I think the weather gods had sort of uh, not been as kind there, the rain um, over the previous couple of days had just caused that, uh, turned that into a muddy um, uh, basically river (laughs) uh, and but still, I was able to maintain traction and get up there. And um, I think sort of I had a, a minute a lead at, at the top of that. I did. I wasn't aware of aware of that, and just head down to the last five k- k's to the line.
0: Fantastic! It's a great section there where once you get through that technical little pitchy climb, the this I think is a a constant steady descent on fairly fast rolling road for the last four to five k's but no a lot of twists so you, you can't look over your shoulder and get an accurate idea of where you, who's chasing you and likewise whoever is chasing you can't has no idea where you are as well so what a an all-out effort pretty much to the end to to leave no stone unturned to the finish which you yeah sealed the deal across the line our elite female champion for the year Compared to um other races that you've won in the uh, very turboed professional cycling career that you've had, how did this that victory rate to others?
1: Up up there with what it signifies, and yeah, so it rates pretty special in uh in my career victories, definitely.
0: Awesome. Are there any lessons that you've gained from it? Taken back to America, any or or just in general, really, from from that day.
1: Yeah, continue to <laughs> um, continue to back back yourself. I didn't come in feeling um, in great form, and I'm about to line up on uh, race on Saturday and again. i was, it's at altitude, and we've discussed. I hate that, uh, so not feeling uh, great about that. But yeah, trying to have a po- more positive um, outlook.
0: Yes, it's a, such a um such a massive part of an athlete's journey isn't it that that mental side of things and i certainly hope wearing the green and gold gives you gives you wings to steal a phrase from another brand um unintentionally please don't sue me yeah, there's a,
1: a lot of climbing to 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 fly up
0: so some wings would be good well it, I, i'm sure you open to sponsorship but um we'll move on um <laughs> I know talking with, um, Peter and the rest of the team and yourself, like even pr- before the, the race potentially during, but were there any, um, was there any particular stories or people that, that helped play a significant role in that journey to the champs or, or was it a very straight, straightforward decision uh-huh. or did you need a bit of a push?
1: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, again, I think we might have discussed it last time, but uh, I was—I uh, definitely wasn't coming back. And uh, just again, the um, the effort and the expense of uh, coming back, uh, with again as uh, uh, to cut last gravel nationals of puncturing within a few kilometers into the race, and. Uh, so just thought the effort um, may be worth it. And yes, Peter Mullins was instrumental in um, twisting my arm up back and saying, you "There's not that many times or that many people or, uh, that get the opportunity to contest a national title." So um, yeah, that that sunk in and. Uh, yeah. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't try, you, you're not going to succeed.
0: Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. looking back on the race as well, what are some of the, the high moments for you or sort of some of the things about whether it's the course, whether it's the weather, not being frozen at the start line, is there, <laughs> are, are there what are sort of some of the, the, the moments you look back on and, and puts a nice smile on your face when you think about that day?
1: Um, so yeah, the awesome scenery, the, uh, bit uh, over the top of the first climb where you were coming down, the fog, fog was rolling in. Um, that was pretty gorgeous uh, uh, scenery, which is one of the reasons that I love gravel racing is getting out, uh, getting out in nature and the outdoors. Um, yeah, I like it when I can feel good and be in control um, on a climb and and look back and, you're on your own. And uh, again, Ralph Falls is just a gorgeous climb. Um, and then crossing the finish line.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Ralph Falls really is a spectacular hidden gem, I think, in northeast Tasmania. And I was so, so stoked that the weather had decided to show it off to everyone as well. That had made mm-hmm. such a big, big effort to come down to Tassie and check it out to be, to, to be two thirds of the way up there and looking back down the valley with the sun shining in it. It's a very special little spot there. But, um, and
1: sorry and then also see peter mullins uh across the line second
0: uh, yeah well. yeah that was
1: yeah and then to hear that um uh caitlin had uh won the under 17s um uh, uh, crossing the finish line was pretty special as well
0: fantastic now so the devil's cardigan without a little bit of adversity
1: mm-hmm.
0: what uh did, were there any moments out there where you were uh, regretting our friendship
1: um again that last little technical section i um was putting me at the edge of my comfort zone of <laughs> mm. and again it was like if this will mean the difference of me winning on or, or not winning so i didn't appreciate the huge downpour the night before that being said um you don't want a whole um, gravel course to be champagne gravel. You want you want it to be mixed up. You want to have some technical aspects, or you may as well be riding on, uh, riding on the tarmac.
0: so yeah. And when you look back on the course with that in that light, with I feel like we've got a a great spread of all conditions. I don't feel like we've got too much of the hard stuff, but enough in there to. To make the race interesting, whilst also having some of the, the smoother, the fast rolling stuff too. What's What's your opinion on the course? Like, is it a yeah, fair? Yeah, I think sprint? it had
1: the, Yeah, I think it had a good mix. And you know, we are gravel racing; we're not road racing, and we're not doing a mountain bike event. So, I think that it has the right mix. Um, yeah, you'll get different. Um, you'll get different perspectives of. Someone that has got, um, awesome mountain bike skills and loves a bit of single track in there, uh, could, uh, uh, want some more technicality, but I, I think it is, was really appropriate. Um, beautiful and the right mix for a gravel course and for a gravel championship course.
0: Fantastic. How, um, how does it compare to some of the races that you've ridden in America?
1: It, the course courses have been quite mixed. Um, so something like gravel locos a 250 kilometer race in Hico, Texas was mostly champagne gravel um, yeah. and really no technical aspects. Um,
0: so, so did that feel more like a road ride with sort of everyone yeah. being more together and just, it's just a big du- dusty road ride essentially. And the, the elements of it. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. And you know, like, so quite an a mass start um, with men and, men and women. So um, yeah, good amount of large peloton riding for the first, hour and a half before started to split up a little bit. Um, and then uh, uh, a race I did in Telluride, Colorado, which I've oh, got to say, sorry, but the, the landscape in Telluride, Colorado <laughs> might just be uh, pushing um devil's cardigan to the side (laughs) a little bit it's just stunning um yeah there uh, i I reckon 20 percent of that was single track with some pretty sheer drop-offs as
0: well i was just thinking of that like i mean i will emotionally recover from what you just said but Mm -hmm. single track on those mountains with sheer drop-offs on a gravel bike right Mm -hmm. Wow, that's it, And
1: also (laughs) gravel riders.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 absolutely. Not just just
1: the bike, but the skill set as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if you've got a a mountain bike single track experience, you'd probably love that. But if you've come from the other end of the the cycling spectrum, like that would be quite – there'd probably be a few moments for a few people, I think, just trying to keep their eyes on where they want to go and not – (laughs) oh, down there. Oh, fantastic.
1: I suppose the I suppose the just thing that made it uh, made that work was there was some pretty decisive climbing prior to that. So it was people in ones and twos going through there rather than be, uh, a big bunch of people trying to go through
0: those um, technical aspects together. Uh, nothing like a good big climb to spread the field out. What's uh, what's next for you now, Justine?
1: So Crusher and Natasha, um, it's in Beaver, Utah. It's sh- one of the shorter uh, gravel events in the US. It's only 116 kilometers, um, but there's over 3,000 meters of climbing. And um, it starts at about 1,900 meters elevation, goes up to 3,100, and you're probably wow. spending a lot of the time above two and a half thousand meters oxygen's a little bit less
0: absolutely and to put that in perspective for anyone listening like when you're climbing up ben lomond up jacob's ladder probably one of the the highest spots you can ride one of the the iconic gravel rides in tasmania that's around 1800 meters so you're already starting above one of tasmania's tallest plateaus mm-hmm. and going even further up so the, the stunning, the scenery is going to be spectacular and hopefully that helps take a while, yeah take your mind off the lack of oxygen in your lungs. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's going to be a fantastic race. And I'm looking forward to seeing how you go. And that's part of lifetime as well, Natasha. So yes. we're back on, we're back on, we're back into it. Yep.
1: Yep. So I'm not um, doing the series, yeah. uh, but I'm doing the gravel races that are in in the series
0: are you there for another five months four months
1: uh, <laughs> oh, oh, <sorry>. i haven't, <laughs> quite, haven't quite got a, a a return ticket um locked in uh three or four months
0: fantastic i love, i think that's the way to be just enjoy the journey enjoy the opportunity and take every race as it is and just Leave it all out there, and we're definitely looking forward to to following yeah your future exploits in America with the green and gold on. I think it's a, a fantastic way to follow up from the the champs back here in Tassie, and uh, enjoy the journey, Justine. Any uh, thank you very much. So I... any last uh, sort of oh, any any messages for any uh, other athletes back here you know, following on champs? Any.
1: Huge, huge growth in uh, the races that you can do, the level of competition, uh, but w- both worldwide in, and in Australia. So, I would encourage anyone that's got an interest to, um, if they could get themselves a, a gravel bike, or a lot of the road bikes have got some good clearance these days too. If you can get some fatter, knobbier tyres on there, there's a lot you can do as well. Uh, so yeah, I've really enjoyed the transition from road to gravel. So yeah, definitely recommend it. Uh, also thank you for, um, an early start for you today, Gareth, uh, to fit in with the time zone. And again, thanks, um, for the support and putting on an awesome race and we'll be back.
0: Oh, it's. It's easy to put on a a good race when you've got awesome people turning up. And we were so humbled that so many people came from around Tasmania, around Australia, and from America. And that is what made the Devil's Cardigan in 2023. So incredible, I feel. It's the riders that turned up to, to line up on the start line and have a crack at whatever the day was going to deliver for us. And it was a very special, special day, which I think is still... I'm still processing what just happened. I think it was, a uh, it was massive. And yeah, thank you so much for coming. What's the best way for everyone to follow your adventures in America?
1: Instagram and, um, uh, big long name, Justine L Barrow.
0: Yep. L in between the two, first and last name. Yep. Yep. And team rock Salt. give them a follow as well. And, uh, all the best Justine. We're going to be following closely from here and cheering you on. So have the best time over there and enjoy every ups and down, oxygen, low oxygen, all the moments.
1: Thank you. See you, Gareth.
0: Thanks so much for that, Justine, and all the best with your adventures in America over the coming months. It's going to be exciting to watch you uh, smash it out there with the green and gold on your shoulders now we've got some feedback from a couple of riders both in verbal and written form because one thing that we, we experienced after this year's race was an incredible amount of unsolicited feedback just saying good things about the cardigan as well as some constructive criticism which we wholeheartedly welcome because that's all we can do as race organizers continue to try and soften the edges and make this the best experience for uh, all involved so first up is katie and then you will hear from mr scott Hey guys, my name is Katie. I'd have to say a highlight was not freezing this year. A low light was being one of the only mountain bikes out there, um, besides Jess, of course. And I'd have to say, how'd I go? I think I did okay, I guess. Um, I dropped 25 minutes off my post-COVID time last year. Um, However, compared to everybody else, I was pretty darn slow. Um, So it's up to interpretation. But you know, you train hard, do what you can with the time that you have and the equipment that you have, and what more can you ask for? So uh, yeah, looking forward to to next year.
2: Hi, I'm Scott, and this is my summary of the 2023 Devil's Cardigan. Uh, If I asked to describe it in a couple of words, I'd say the uh, ride was pretty cute, Chrissy Amflip for me. I decided to uh, start riding at four o'clock in the morning to uh, cover both the short course and the long course. Uh, First 50 was in the dark and the fog with uh, quite a bit of local wildlife to uh, keep me on my toes. Second 100 was with the rest of the bunch. Uh, Really great ride, given the biblical proportions of rain that occurred prior to the actual day itself. Unbelievable weather that we got. Um, Amazing ride. Uh, The extra large, well... I think it was a really, really good thing. Uh, Don't know whether I'll do it again. Um, Who knows what I'll do next time uh, that we have the event for 2024. Thanks.
0: Well, there you have it, the devil's cardigan, extra large. I think you've created something there, Scott. I'm not sure if it's something that many people want to recreate, but we'll find out. I'm sure there'll be someone that will turn up at the uh, start line next year having already ridden the shore course. I think this could be a a bit of an underground thing, and i like it. That's what it's all about, getting out there and giving yourself a proper challenge. Now, I've got an email here from Jeremy. He says, this was his first Devil's Cardigan, and he rode the shorty on his rigid, surly Krampus. It was a legendary day overall, but my favourite memory was coasting across the finish line after an epic day to be greeted with a friendly smile and a cold beer. It's going to be pretty hard to top that ride. Cheers, Jeremy. Couldn't think of anything better than a cold little rivers at the end of a big day as well. John Darcy writes, such a well-organized event. Thank you so much for helping keep everyone invigorated and connected to themselves and the outdoors in the depths of winter. I'd also like to say I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed being the pink pin-up boy in almost every post-race post. (laughs) Sincerely, the pink jersey guy, John. Well done, mate. Well, What a cracking photo that was with you in the pink jersey and you're spot on. Isn't it awesome that so many people turned up in the middle of winter in Tasmania and got out there and had an epic day on their bikes, finding new challenges, new limits to what they're capable of and never giving up. I hope you uh, all appreciated that and feel stronger and better humans for it. Well, next up is Connor Sens's episode where we'll talk to the male champion for 2023 and find out how his race unfolded. We hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you so much for taking the time to listen. We really appreciate it. And whilst we may be a little bit rough around the edges, it's great being able to share the stories with you all and we appreciate your support. See you next time.